It's time for the Full Out Cheer Podcast, brought to you by Dream Camps. Discussing all things cheerleading with some of the best industry influencers in the world. Welcome, welcome. This is Dan Cotton, and you are listening to the Full Out Cheer Podcast. I've been lucky enough to work with some of the best in the cheerleading industry over my years owning and operating Dream Camps. I realized I learned so much just sitting and listening to my staff talk that I wanted to share that experience with the rest of the cheerleading world. So I set out to sit down with my staff and do that. Just talk. So without further delay, let's get to it. Um, it's Dan Cotton with Dream Camps, and I am super excited to be here with uh, my good friend, uh, Luis Mercia. Uh, Luis, thanks for sitting down with me. Um, so we're just going to be getting a, sitting down and chatting a little bit, and um, I'm sure that a lot of people in the cheer world have heard of you, or uh, even if they don't know who you are, they've probably seen videos of you doing things uh, at stunt fests or whatever. Um, but for the, the viewers that don't know who Luis Mercia is, would you tell us a little bit about yourself and what got you into cheer and what you do in cheer? Sure, sure. Uh, so yeah, my name is Luis. I am from Colombia. I moved to the States about 10 years ago. And I'm a, I've been cheering for about, I don't know, 15 years. So I was an athlete. Then I did some of coaching with my own team. And then I moved up into uh, judging now. So I'm pretty much judging and doing camps all over the world now. That's what I'm doing. That's awesome. And you have, uh, you have a, a few accolades under your belt a few you know big wins right mm -hmm. um do you mind telling the, some of the listeners what those are yeah uh i won several nationals when i competed over here in, in in the states i also competed in colombia and i won a lot of nationals and titles there but over here i won things like jams international nca uh, USA and some other local ev uh, events and also the cheerleading worlds in 2013 with Estelle Ballstars. It was a level six team, so international open court six, 2013 and worlds, the world's championship. Yeah. And you are an Infinity legend as well, right? Yeah, Infinity did this contest like a couple of years ago, and I still do it, about like picking the best 50 athletes around the world if you send a video with your best kills and submissions and things like that. So I submitted four years, and I was picked to be one of the Infinity legends. So Infinity kind of like sponsored me with shoes and backpacks and things like that to represent the brand. And then uh, because the four years... Uh, of the Infinity Legends, um, pretty much it's like a privilege to be in, in the Wall of Fame of Infinity. They asked me to be part of the judging panel as well for the, some of the competitions. So okay. thanks to Infinity, Infinity opened up another uh, door as judging some of the events for Infinity, like Champions League and things like that. Awesome. Mm -hmm. And so now you judge, uh, you judge throughout the year, uh, and that's. Uh, varsity events? I do. I did some of the varsity events. I, I don't work for varsity anymore okay. because I decided to move into the international market. Got so it. I want to go out there more. Like I, I do some judging in Chile, Brazil, Ecuador, um, Colombia, Costa Rica, Mexico. So I kind of like I'm, I'm doing most of my work uh, outside the States. Okay. So how many countries have you been to? 
Mm. <laughs> I'm gonna have to count the stickers I have in my in my suitcase <laughs> because that's kind of like the, the way I keep in tracking. But I don't know, probably 15. Okay, I don't know. Yes, yeah, and have you gone to all of those for cheerleading? Uh, yes, thanks to cheerleading is like the one main reason I went to these countries. Like that's the only reason because I love to travel and I love to work and back at home and everything. But pretty much like. If I was working in an office or something else that is not shoe related, I'll probably save money and then go to travel. Right. <laughs> but thank God everything worked out in the cheerleading world. So um, I'll, I'm able to travel because of cheerleading. So camps, uh, conferences, um, judging. So pretty much that's 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 the oh, the door that opened up yeah. to travel around the world. It was cheerleading. Yeah. Awesome. Um, what? Having traveled around and, you know, coached here in so many different countries, um, what are some of the biggest differences you see uh, from the U.S. to other countries that are that are either already have thriving cheer or getting started? Well, the States is a huge advantage because you guys invented it. You guys started it a long time ago. So international, it's catching up, but, but of course, the... The technique, the grips, the originality, like all those things, like the States is just like really far away from the other international teams. But they are catching up really fast. Yeah. Like, you know, some other teams, like let's say Chile is super good, really te technique is amazing, the teams in Chile. Colombia has a really good acrobatic and uh, stunting, like really, really strong. And Colombia, uh, Brazil is catching up really good too. And some other stuff in Europe as well. Like it's just it's internationally, it's like growing really fast, really big. And then, um, but the thing internationally is that they start cheerleading really old, <laughs> pretty much. Mm -hmm. They started cheerleading like when I, they started like, I don't know, at 17, 18, uh, 20 or over the 20s. That's when they start cheerleading. So, so that's a huge plus for the um, American teams because they started from level one, tiny, and then mini, and all those little little kids were cr like, uh, they pretty much grow up in their gyms like doing this. But internationally, it's more like a like a, it's a big thing, but they don't they don't build it with the smaller kids. They they build it like with like I don't know people from like fifteen and up. Mm -hmm. So it's just that, that that's pretty much what it is because like I said internationally when you start as an adult it's a lot harder to do your hands to do your back right. tucks and all that your body's just not the same that's why they're really good at stunting but not as as mm -hmm. much in tumbling because the like I said the states have the advantage to have amazing coaches amazing facilities spring floor indoor facilities like things like that, that internationally they don't really have so tumbling wise. Yeah, you, internationally, you guys are like ahead of us for years. Stunting-wise, we're getting there now. Right. Mm -hmm. um, that's, I can't even imagine. I've, I've been to Canada when it comes to like, we're even seeing cheer teams. And I've seen a lot of teams mm -hmm. at Worlds, uh, Chile and some of those other teams that are so impressive. But I am truly jealous of you getting to go out and see all that stuff. That's just amazing. You told me years ago, I think the year we first met about, I think it was Barcelona and they were training in, was it the old Olympic facility? Mm -hmm. Yes. Or something it is. like that. Yeah, yeah. And it was really interesting to hear kind of 
how that came about for them. Do you, do you remember that conversation? All of you, do you mind telling the listeners kind of what it was like in Barcelona when you went? Yeah, well, I went to a camp. They invited me to this camp and uh, they said, you know, we don't, we're barely growing up. We're barely getting, you know, there's those teams that are going on and, and trying to recruit people and trying to tell them what's cheerleading because internationally cheerleading is not known as a sport. It's not known as a, as a, as a, um, you know, all these complex amazing things that you could do in those one thing and a performance two, th- two minutes and 30 seconds all that internationally cheerleading is like it's like ignored the government doesn't support it there, there's not enough teams and not enough mm-hmm. coaching certifications so when i went to barcelona they had a small team of adults doing level two things doing level three things and it was an, exp- an experience like really you know in kind of like it was good and bad because cheerleading is growing up but they're not growing their teams from the little kids and up they're just like adults doing level two and level three Mm -hmm. when i went to barcelona they took me to their gym and the gym was an amazing facility like like just like olympic kind of style equipment into that gym so it was it was amazing that they couldn't practice in a place like that and I started working with them and teaching how to use the mats how to use the equipment how to progress with stunts and everything so they were really grateful they are amazing and nowadays they are doing really good their teams are really strong really solid and they got the chance to work in that amazing facility because internationally it's just so hard to get a, a the right place and the right equipment for right. for for cheerleading most of the teams practice basketball courts soccer fields football fields uh, even in concrete or things like that, so it's really hard internationally to to try to catch up with with the level of gymnastics. And Barcelona was just like one place when they just had it all, and they, it was awesome to work with them. Now you're headed to Singapore, yes, and 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 at the end of August and in September, I was invited to compete in um, in an event in South Korea in Seoul, so. Wish me luck because um, my flyer is in Colombia and I'm here and we literally we see each other like once or twice before we compete. We oh, do really? it once before the the once behind the the backstage drop and you know like w- hope for the best and thank God we had really good timing. I've been working my routine with like different flyers when I'm in camps when I'm in privates and stuff like that. I kind of work that routine and mm-hmm. once they see it, it's like good, we're good to go and we hit it and thank God in May. Back in May in COP Brands in Mexico, it kind of happens the same thing. We had the chance to practice probably three times. And we went out there. It hit, we hit really good. But we hit everything. It wasn't, the, it wasn't the, the hardest routine ever out there, but it was really clean, really good technique. And when we ended up winning. So that, that, was, that was a highlight of my year this yeah. year, winning the Parkinson Championship. We had really tough competition, really hard competition. And it was awesome. So... I'm loving it. Uh, so you do a lot of camps. Um, that's obviously how we met was, was through camp stuff. Um, what's your, what do you enjoy about doing camps? Well, every country and every place where I go is like, is a different style, is a different camp, and a different vibe. And that's why I love drink camps because drink camps has it all. Like some camps are just focusing on work but not fun. Some other camps are work and focusing on fun, not work. But drink camps is just the perfect balance between work hard and play harder. That's why I love coming here. My son, juniors, love coming here too because we learn a lot 
we work a lot and we have long sessions and we, we're always doing something, but also in the middle we throw rafting, pool, games, water games. So that's just amazing. Like that's why I love this one, this camp uh, so much. I've been in a lot of camps in a lot of different countries and honestly it's just not like uh, dream camps. Like some places are just strictly tumbling, no stunts. Some other ones are just stunts, no tumbling. But this place and just being here in this uh the facility out in the woods and like doing all these things for the kids is just oh my god like where where was this when i was a kid like i <laughs> never had this like this how much fun as an instructor so i love traveling and get to know new places and new experiences just like this one uh but yeah every camp is just different like this is like i said this is the one camp that has it all in once because the other ones are just offer a little bit of each but not, not well, as much Thank you very much. I, um, I, uh, I really appreciate that. We love having you and, um, it's been fun watching junior grow and, and it's his second year here and, you know, he and my boys are hanging out and, you know, playing video games and doing, being young boys, mm -hmm. but, um, it's been fun having you guys. I'll, it's really awesome. And you're, you add that fun element with all, like you have so many games. It's stupid. That <laughs> you know, you keep track of them all. Um, what is, uh, when, when you're teaching camps, what, what skill sets do you like to kind of focus on teaching? Obviously you're a great partner center. Um, but you, uh, you have a really impressive delivery and, and people haven't seen it potentially, but really impressive delivery and uh, way of breaking down skills and teaching skills to kids that connects with them and keeps things fun and interesting. Um, you know, would you mind telling us a little bit about how you came up with that, where that even came from? Because mm -hmm. it's, it's very unique to you. Like I've seen other coaches, a lot of other really great coaches, and you have a very particular, really fun and awesome style. Like what developed that? <laughs> well, in the beginning, like I said, I was an athlete, so I knew how to kind of do the skill and do what my coach asked me to do. And then I started learning from like different companies in different places. The more I travel, the more I notice like different techniques, different ways. Like I, sometimes I go to a gym where they have like an, I don't know, a cube in the middle and the, and the cube says, uh, if you throw the cube, one of the sides says jumps, the other side says stunts, the other side says pyramids, the other side says technique, the other side as uh, tumbling uh, or things like that. And I was like, that I'm going to use that for one of my camps. So every time I go to places, I try to get you know, as much information as I get, as I can, to apply it to the other camps that I'm going. But the favorite thing about about coaching for me is, is technique because uh, especially international, like people just follow YouTube, Instagram or people and videos and they see like all this crazy stuff, but they don't know how to do it. How do they get there? How do, mm -hmm. you know, develop that grip and how do you win the front inversion to the twisting and all that? So... I started like to to getting myself into like uh, getting that code and try to crack that code and how you get to that skill. What would be a good way to tell to a kid? Mm -hmm. If you're too technique with kids, they just look at you like you're crazy. Like what is that? Like you know, I don't know what's core. I don't know what's I don't know what's uh, uh, engage your hamstrings. They, right. they don't know things like that. So when you talk to them and I always like try to talk and have fun with them at the same time. So they feel like it's a challenge. They feel like it's a little game. They feel like it's a, it's a rewarding, you know, like something like, Oh my God, we have to do it again. So um, 
I, I like to always like change their names. Like for example, if I'm teaching a, a, a little kid that never backsport before for a lip, I'll say, okay, go down a little bit, go on your right side and hold the soda and go in the back and hold the pizza. So you're sorting the pizza and then you're going to push all the way up and they're like, wow, okay. Okay, you're going to put your hands and you're going to pretend this is a book. And then when you load it, boom, it's a flower now. So it's a book and a flower, ah, things like that. And they remember that. And I have a lot of kids that came, came up to me after the camp and they said, wait, so I'll do the soda and the pizza, but what kind of soda? <laughs> I was like, oh, no, you don't have to actually have a particular <laughs> flavor of soda, but, but you get me, you know, yeah. this is like trying to get to her heads in a different way so they don't feel like it's boring, boring, boring technique. Oh, right. so like military strict. So if you can get in by doing something and they have fun at the same time, I think they're going to perform and they're going to love the performance and love to go out there because they're going to do something fun. Yep. But when you put so much pressure into them, they feel like they're going to disappoint the coach. They're going to disappoint the parents. They're going to disappoint their friends and they just get so tense that they just end up fainting. They end up, uh, um, you know, fainting be in before they perform. They end up mm -hmm. uh, panicking and things like that. So, so yeah, I love t teaching technique. I love teaching uh, Parnason as well. Mm -hmm. And in the beginning, when I started putting all these videos in YouTube and Facebook and all the social media, uh, people asked me to go to the gyms and teach in Parnason. But that was like, I don't know, once or twice every three months because it was just Parnason. They always asked me, hey, can you come and work with a level one? I was like, oh, I don't know about that, but I can teach you a rewind. Right. And they was like, no, 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 like, the highest level we get is like a level two. Mm -hmm. Are you willing to come and just teach them? I was like, you know what? Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to learn about level two. I'm going to learn about level uh, three and four. I'm going to learn about all these lower levels, all grips and all these new things because I need to move on. I cannot just stay just as partner stuff. Right. And also I'm getting old, so my back hurts all the time. <laughs> and sometimes when most of my jobs, I travel by myself. Mm -hmm. So I get to the gym and it's like, okay, give me a flyer for level six. All that okay, so sometimes they give mm -hmm. you flyers that don't have experience. Some flyers they, they have a little experience, but they're not the lightest flyer or the flex, most flexible flyer. So the day before camp, I'm always struggling trying to get into those things. But when I started learning about level one to level five, it was a lot better. It was all group stun and right. the new grip, and they knew that. And I was like, okay, I can hit every single stun group stun. Like just I'll be the main base, I'll be the side base, whatever. I'll make a hit. But for these kids, how are we going to make them hit the stuff? <laughs> right. So I started to, yeah, just to pay more attention in how these other groups make it happen. Where's the hand? Where's the grip? How do you help? How do you do this? So, so yeah, learning about lower levels, it definitely helped me internationally because that's what, what that's where they at, you know, right. in the lower levels. I love Parnestown level six in college, but that's just a little bit of, of the whole industry of Chile. Yeah. So that's why I try to, Focusing to technique for lower levels. That's oh, so awesome. And <laughs> I, I was talking to Jordan Hearn about this last night. I, I truly think that being a, a really good level one coach is probably the hardest yeah. coaching in, in cheerleading. Yes. Because yes, yes. you have the kids that truly don't, like you said, they don't, when you say use your legs, they don't understand what that means. Mm -hmm. Like, they they know what the words mean, but they don't understand how that mm -hmm. correlates to their body. And you're it's such a creative level, you know, and you're always trying to push that envelope of like, how can we do this? What looks like a double up high to high tick, but at low level, you yeah. know, like yeah. looks exactly the same, 
Yeah. <laughs> and is just as clean as a yes. world's team, but at, at this load level or at a thigh stand level, like mm-hmm. it's so creative and I, it's actually very impressive that you noticed that, you know, you said, mm-hmm. Hey, that's where, that's where it's at. Mm-hmm. The coach, load levels. That's yeah. The bulk of the teams. And you know, there's only so many world's teams. But yep. There's a lot of level ones and twos. Yes, yes, yes. Which is how it should be. That's the, the learning levels, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, what what is your favorite level? Do you have one? Well, if if I had the if I had the opportunity to pick my flyer, I would love to just do a partnerstone camp and just partnerstone, partnerstone, partnerstone. Last week I went to Miami and I was working in Palm Beach Lightning, and some people from Top Gun came, and some people from other teams came, high schools came, and all that, and we were just doing a strictly coed. And I was like, okay, look, I know you want me to teach you how to do this double up and everything. I can show you, I can grab it, and I can do it. But in order to do that, you need to show me technique drills first. Are you, can you, let's say, can you toss the flyers without the flyer jumping from the ground? And they were like, what? Like, that's just really hard. Yeah, but that will help you try to get that power to the extension. Uh, can you grab the waist of your flyer? She'll do a low V. Can you toss her without her grabbing? And she's like, oh, my God, that's so hard. Yeah, but we get, now we're engaging the flyer to be more aggressive and things mm-hmm. like that. So, yeah, level level six. Uh, yeah, now level seven it will be like the my favorite thing to do. But um, it's just hard to find a team that can develop all those skills without getting burned because COVID something is really heavy, really fast, and it just gets tired really easy. So, right. But in group stand, the people couldn't, you know, it, it, we share it's shared in the stand. They, they have a little bit more stamina than the, than mm-hmm. the level six. And I just love kidding around. Like, you know, just I, I work with adults and everything like that. But but when I have kids in front and see their faces and, and games and, and getting these little things, it's just it's just awesome. So I love level six and seven, but I also love the the the... I don't know, the kids' camps, the young, camps, ones. The young yeah. ones. Yeah, because they're they're more, more fun. Because some of the adults and everything, they want to get their, their job done and everything is good. We, we, we have fun with them, but not like working with the little kids and then see them next year and the next year and the next year. And then they, they're growing and becoming these huge, amazing athletes with amazing skills. So I love pretty much everything, <laughs> but whatever it is, I always like try to get the best out of it, out of everything. Yeah. So, um, you've been out here, I think this is your third year. Third year. Yes. Yes. Third. Um, and we obviously love having you and, uh, we're, we're really only disappointed that we can't get you for longer at any point in time. We can generally get you for like five days and then you're off to your next awesome adventure. But, um, if someone listening is interested in contacting you, getting in touch with you to try and set up a, a camp or a clinic, um, how would they do that? Uh, usually is like social media, like 90% of my entire year of working events is because of social media. They contact me on social media, they reach for me on social media, they see my videos, I'll send them out certifications, I do all this and that, but pretty much it's all social media. So my email is murcia.luis.gmail.com 
and my Instagram is luis.morcia1 and then pretty much I always send them there to the, to the Instagram page so you can see a little bit of my work and also I'll get in contact with coaches and send them my resume I have a whole channel on YouTube with all the camps that I've done because mm -hmm. every time I go to a camp I always do like a video for them so yeah, that awesome. city the city like remembers it and then they use it as a promo for next year and honestly 99% of my clients are returning clients like I started with them one uh, one time and just it's been five years when I've been with them because it's always it's always good it's always out there and they're not disappointed with the camp and and then uh, they use these little videos to get more people involved for the next camp and the camps, the camps are growing and, and getting bigger and yeah. bigger and bigger so so yeah that's a good thing because every year that's why I'm getting so bugged right now because I'm just adding things to it but I'm not removing events from the calendar right so pretty much this calendar is marked right now and then we finish and i know that next year at this time i'll be in that camp again so that's what, how i'm getting booked because i always get like a callback from the last camp or the last experience we had but you'd still be interested in hearing from people yes of course of course of course yes 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 uh at this point i have probably like three weekends free from the year <laughs> are you but, ever home during the week, yes. So, so okay. that's that's re junior is the only reason I would go home, <laughs> because uh, if if it wasn't for junior, I'd probably be in the road uh, like twenty four seven, three six five, like every every day. But I go I go home like let's say a Monday to or Monday to Thursday or Tuesday to Friday, and then I always go to the airport on Friday night or okay. Thursday Thursday night. But uh, but yeah, if you are if you are listening to. <laughs> If you are interested in any kind of stunt clinic, uh, including jumps, including motion class, including dance, including conditioning, including uh, level seven, including everything, yeah, uh, I'm willing to go and help out. And also, something that I'm always worried about is to teach something that they cannot use in a competition or they cannot use in their teams. So that's why I started the judging road mm -hmm. because as a judge, I understand what gives you the most points and what's just not worth it. Right. You know, like when you go to a competition and you see a team doing seven jumps, and I was like, why are you doing seven jumps? You don't need to <laughs> do that. Anyway. Yeah. Or like level one's doing extensions without being braced or things like that. Like I know people want to do more, but some people just, just not look into the rules. They don't look mm -hmm. into what's, what's a, you know, in level one, for example, like you said, level one is just one of the hardest because everything could be illegal really fast. So yes. the, the way you grip, oh my God, that was illegal. Oh, I didn't know. Or you get overexcited, you went over the head, things like that. So because I started in, uh, in this judging area of my life now, I can totally understand what the judges are thinking now. And I had the opportunity to judge in a lot of big events like Summit, and some other events that are really long and big nationals and just sitting next to the judges were like it's an amazing experience like we're looking at those teams we're talking about why giving the score please give me a reason why you shouldn't give this score and this thing like that and then i understand what the judges are thinking mm -hmm. and that helps me so much when i'm in camps because they show me the routines they show me this pyramid they show me this and i can i'm not an expert in rules and everything but at least i have a little bit more knowledge and i know for sure that what i'm teaching is totally legal so um so that's why i love what i'm doing and if you ever 
you know, go through uh, some kind of question in your routine or something that you don't know is legal or not or something. I would love to help you out. Maybe you can send me videos and I'll give you feedback because I always, honestly, I always send them to the USSF website you know, yeah, or the ICU yeah, or the ICU website because you cannot use my word against another judge or an right. event. I can give you some pointers and, you know, recommendations on how to fix it because the USSF is not going to tell you how to fix it. It's going to tell you illegal. illegal? Just yeah. It's illegal. That's it. But there's ways that you could go around to make it legal and make it safe for the kids. So, yeah, a little bit of everything, but I would love to go travel, get to know new gyms and new friends. And, yeah, just have fun in, in the way. Any countries that you haven't visited that are on the bucket list? Um, I wanted to go more towards Europe and Asia and then I also had an opportunity to go to South Africa one time and I couldn't do it and I was like so sad because I'd never been to Africa and I wanted at least to have like a, a visit in one continent or mm -hmm. a little thing in that one place but I'd never been to Africa and then if you are from South Africa right now you're listening to me <laughs> call <laughs> me call me because I definitely want to go and then I had the opportunity couldn't do it But um, I wish there's, there was a new opportunity to go over there. Um, so I've asked everyone if there was uh, one thing about the cheer industry that they could snap their fingers and change tomorrow. Something that like they just really want to see be adjusted in our industry. If there is anything, what is it and why? Rules. It's so hard for not just for the American teams, but for international. The the ICU has their own set of rules. USASF has their own set of rules. Worlds have their own different score sheets and all these other requirements and everything. And it's just so crazy. And it's hard to teach in another different country, another different place, knowing that that you cannot use this in the States. You cannot use this in this country. You cannot use this in this. There's some different limitations. And like I said, just people learn from watching videos in YouTube and watching videos in Instagram and all that. And then when they apply and they put it in these um, routines, they get always penalized because that was legal in USASF. It was not legal in ICU or mm -hmm. things like that. So just to make it easier for the cheerleading international, I think it was just, it should be, it should be one set of rules for this one sport called cheerleading, just like soccer, just like basketball, just like football. It doesn't matter the country you are. There's, the points are, are this, this, and this. The steps on this, the players are this. These are the ages. That will be so much better for the international world of cheerleading. That will be super convenient. That will be much, much better. And also another thing that we would like to change is... Hey, if you want a real competition, you should in the world in the States. You should do it every year in a different country mm -hmm. or every two years in a different country, like kind of the Olympics, right? Because in the Olympics, it's like a little bit fair choice because of the visas and the passports and all those things that the people need to go through it to get to here. It's just hard. Like, and as a personal experience, People in Colombia, there are amazing athletes, just amazing. I'll say it, if they have... If they can put one of these teams, I don't know, from Chile, uh, from Mexico, from Colombia, and take the whole team and go to Worlds, they'll probably win Worlds, like, no doubt. They're amazing. But every time they try to go to the embassy and apply for their visas, probably 70% of the team gets denied their visas. So that is just bad for international cheerleading. So they're they amazing teams, but once they try to go to the States, they, they give the visas to, like, 
five of the team, 10 of the team. Uh, I don't know. It's just now internationally what they do is, okay, who, has a, who, has a, who had a visa and a passport, a valid passport and a visa to go to the States? We made the team. Let's make the team. Okay, but you're level one, you're level six, you're level seven, you're level three. You got a tug, you got a full, you got a double full, you got a back cover. <laughs> so the teams that actually compete at Worlds and those international teams in competitions, big competitions over here in the States, they're not the strongest that's they're not crazy that's not the the real talent that we could bring to the states that's why i like to see worlds happening in some other countries and the set of rules it should be the same for all the countries as well well and i mean what we always have heard as and i could be misspeaking but what you hear is the scuttlebutt for the reason rules keep changing and non-tumbling divisions get mm -hmm, created mm -hmm. and uh, these these things, basically the purists, the people who've been around a long time say, well, we're diluting cheerleading. We're making it easier. <laughs> we're taking out tumbling. We're taking out things. Mm -hmm. And the, the argument is always, well, it makes it easier for international teams mm -hmm. to field teams. Yeah. But it sounds like, and correct me if I'm wrong, you're saying it, there are really good teams that could probably hang with mm -hmm. the best of the best in the U.S., yep. they just can't all get visas. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. There's just people so talented, amazing, just kids with so many skills and everything that they just don't have the money to travel. They don't have the money because applying for a visa in, in Colombia is really expensive. It's really expensive and you spend all this money and all this time and everything. You go to the, you go to the interview, you fill out the, pipe, the paperwork and everything and they deny your visa, you lose everything. You lose your money, you lose everything. Every time you apply, you have to pay again. And it was it's just hard. Like, these people don't have money to do all this process. Like, it will be better for them to go to local countries or a big event with international judges that goes to that country particularly. I don't know, but it should be, to be more fair with international teams, we just got to change some of the big events to another country so people can can actually go and win and show the world what's a real the, the real talent and who yeah. is real the best so hopefully the, the project about the about the olympics goes on and everything goes on because then i think it will be a little bit more fair for everyone and the fact let's say the fact that uh, there's categories and places and divisions that with no tumbling I think it's just like I told you in the beginning, it's just there's a lot of amazing international teams that they just don't have a place to practice. Mm -hmm. Like when I was in Colombia, we practiced twice a week and those two times were in a park. Like we didn't have, we didn't even have a ceiling. Right. We didn't yeah, have absolutely. lines in the floor. We had like a soccer field to practice. And then in the whole city was just one spring floor in the whole city. And there was like probably, I don't know, 200 teams for one spring floor in a Sunday because it was a gymnastics facility. So they rent out the, 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 the space, facility yeah. for like an hour. So everybody would just run into it and make a huge long line to try to go for like an hour to this facility. And it's just not easy for the international teams. That's why they're, some of them are so good because they don't need a spring floor to throw a ball full. They don't need a. Right. They don't need a, all these the pit. They don't need all these fancy things to try to get skills. Like we learn how to do it on the grass, on the cement, eating it and getting hurt like bad. But um, but yeah, it's just truly international. It's growing, but it can't grow the, so, that fast because they don't have the place for it. They don't have right. the equipment. They don't have the money to travel. So one last question for you. Um, if there is one piece of advice or thing that you would want to 
put out there to any cheer coaches or athletes or anyone listening? Um, any parting words um, that you would want to share? Well, I always have my little thing that I do with my kids all the time when I have this, <laughs> this, camp, this kind of camps and we, I make them put their hands together. I'm going to say, stand safe on three, one, two, three, stand safe. That's that sort of thing. That's what I do it in every single camp because I love standing so much that I want everyone to enjoy it as much as I enjoy it without getting hurt. So my thing, my big thing and my, my big advice for everyone will be safety, just safety. Just don't, don't rush through skills. Don't rush through, uh, try to get as fast as you can to the hardest skills you could do because also in the score sheet, let's say, um, but technique is five points and difficulty is also five points. Give them the same, it's the same as it's the same level, the same, make it important as well to make technique important in your routines. And like uh, my friend, Kenny, Kenny Philly, he always said, if you get a score sheet, the technique score higher than the difficulty score will give you a party. We'll throw a party for you guys mm. because honestly, that's, that's what makes difference in between the good teams and the bad teams. Uh, the technique is just the way you present the skills because now that everything is by level, you can only do this much of skills right. in that particular level. Right. But how good and how technique can you do it in this level? That's the real challenge. So I, I challenge the coaches to really, really focus in, in technique more than difficulty because when you rush through all these progressions, the kids are just getting hurt really fast. So when they try to chuck skills in town lane, chuck throw skills without the flyer knowing where she is and baskets and stunts, that's when they get really hurt. So I believe in stunt safe and I believe in technique over difficulty. Awesome. Well, Luis, thank you. Um, <laughs> I hope we get the chance uh, to sit down and do another interview because I think we probably only just scratched the surface with uh, all the different knowledge that you have and things that we could talk about. But I really appreciate your time. I always appreciate having you here in Oregon. Uh, we know it's it, it's sometimes a challenge for you to get here with uh, your schedule and we appreciate that you make it a priority and the, the kids and athletes and coaches all out here love you a lot. So uh, thank you for being here. Um, and with that, thanks for listening. And thank you. Will... Thank you so much. And thank you for inviting me because this is actually one of the opportunities that I have to learn from other coaches because like I said, when I do a, a, co a clinic or a camp somewhere else, I'm the one I'm doing all. Like I'm doing the one in this, the, the motion class, the jump class, the tumbling class, the stunt class, stunt difficulties, stunt technique, legalities and everything. So I'm not used to being part of just holding back a little. That's why I always feel like I want to do something. I want to do something and help out as much as I can. Because when I come over here and I see all these amazing coaches, like from different programs and different uh, gyms, teaching i just i'm just like on my phone like writing all the drills that i'm doing like i saw from far away from the floor this coach was doing a i don't know this candlestick with popping from the shoulders from the floor i was like oh my god i've never seen that before so i'm like always typing and typing mm -hmm. and typing so i use this opportunity uh of the dream camp to learn from other coaches that are coming here that are amazing like these kids are so blessed with the amount of coaches and the talent that's in this, in this camp so if you have the chance you ever have the chance to come to Oregon really really check out the dream camps they are amazing it's the perfect balance between technique difficulty and freaking fun so make sure you come contact them and yeah thanks Dan for having us we Absolutely. love it my pleasure of course thank All you right. so much well take care everyone we'll talk to you soon 
Thanks for listening. If you'd like more information about Dream Camps or any of our guests, contact us at info at OregonDreamCamps.com. 